Hello and welcome to Power Through Healing, the podcast created to support your inner evolution. I'm your host, Amanda Thomas, and today I have an amazing conversation to share with you. I was able to speak with James Hilliard. He's a fellow entrepreneur and CEO. He's an expert advisor and connector, and I loved him just being very open and vulnerable for all of us to just witness as he's battled with some mental health struggles and he's really just really trying to find that balance, that inner peace, that inner security that we all crave. And so there's some discussion around the ego and the wounded masculine and he shares some really practical insights on how to combat self-doubt and fears and the importance of finding your support system, taking responsibility for your healing. I really feel like we covered everything that there really is to talk about mental health and wellness and the healing journey. There is some discussion around suicidal idealization and attempt, so please be prepared for that. I really want to take this episode to celebrate, by the way, the new mental health emergency crisis number in the United States. All you have to do is dial 988 for support, and I think that this is such an amazing resource, and I hope that it will be spread widely. Again, the number is 988 for mental health emergencies. Please spread the word. I hope that this conversation with James opens you up to explore any areas of healing in your own life, and please, please, please email or send me a message on social media with your biggest takeaways. I love hearing your feedback, and let's just dive right in. So James, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. How are you? I'm great today. Thank you for inviting me. I love the work you do. And so I've been super grateful to have this opportunity to speak to not only you, but also your audience as well. That's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I've been following you for quite some time on, I think, Facebook and maybe Instagram. I can't remember, but I always keep a little tally of people that I want to stay in touch with for future episodes and future connections. And you were definitely on my list because I love your transparency and your openness to share your your story. Yeah, really important to me that people act in their own integrity. I see the same thing in your content too. Thank you. Thank you. I don't see anything worth hiding when you're just trying to help heal this world <laughs> and inspire people. So so why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, what your work is, and we'll kind of get into the good stuff around, you know, what that mental health role is in your life and how you're helping manage all that. Yeah, sure. So, I, Well, thank you. And yeah, let me keep this as brief as I can. So people stay engaged. <laughs> sure. If I talk too much, please stop me and say, okay, I've got another <laughs> question for you. Uh, the, the short story is this, is that I did 20 to 23 years in corporate positions working in the United Kingdom, which is where I'm from, uh, then transitioning to the U.S. through California to uh, Texas, which is where I am right now. I just see that as a successful trail, but as the product of multiple mistakes. So making tons and mm-hmm. tons of mistakes all along the way so that I could trip the way through the wires to eventually have some success and that has been, you know, richly rewarding for my life, but it created all kinds of other things. And that's kind of how we've connected is yeah. it created mental health issues because things that were rooted inside me, deep inside of my unconscious or my creative mind were unresolved. And so as I made changes in specific points in my life, what we might call green dots, moments where you can see life change for you, that's when I noticed 
you know, that my mental health hasn't been resolved, you know, so I see that as a kind of ongoing thing and we'll probably talk about it today. Mm. But yeah, it's the corporate executive turned to, you know, professional entrepreneur now learning the ropes of how do you market, sell and deliver a, a coaching type business where I'm helping people become a CEO rather than a business coach. So people might look at my content and say, you're a business coach. And I said, well, that's what I used to do before my mental health took strangle of me and said, that's not what you do. You actually help people edge out of their corporate career. So leave their jobs, just like I did, and find themselves in a passion business. But then the biggest challenge for those folks is how do they get to to be the CEO? So that's that's the brief story. So two and a half decades of experience, uh, incredibly successful time in those corporate positions. Loved every minute of it, the experiences and the skills and the people I met along the way, really powerful. And I wouldn't be stood here without any of that. So I needed to go through a long apprenticeship to actually now move towards what I think is my purpose. And, you know, really some people talk about that as their calling Yeah, is how do I pay it forward? How do I share all this information that I've gathered along the way and know that uh, as a work in progress that I'm not finished either, I'll make a ton more mistakes and, and that will lead to greater successes and greater fulfillment as we move along. Yeah. So what would you say the importance of taking these risks in your lifetime have been for you? How has that helped mold you into where you're at today? Well, naturally, I think uncertainty is a big driver for me. I actually quite like not knowing what's coming. So Mm. I I think some people have certainty as a driver that they want to stay safe and secure. And that makes sense if we think about our reptilian brain and how we operate. Um, But but it didn't ever fuel me. What happened is I got bored really quickly, very Mm. bored of life. And that created other dynamics around overeating alcohol abuse, things, things that I was doing to myself to try and find variety. All of those unproductive, but driven by weak mental conditioning and not really realizing that what I needed to do was take risks, but also keep making changes so that I'm growing and layering on top each time that I'm growing as an individual and I'm able to advance, create some achievement, serve other people as best I can, you know, be brave, be bold, be extravagant, have that ambition. And I I think that's just kind of been a natural, as a preference, you know, that Mm. I, I quite like surprises even the ones I don't like (laughs) (laughs) right the unexpected ones and I I feel like I'm similar where I I always need variety I I cannot stand like I always got bored in my jobs in the past as well because it's so monotonous so I need variety I know that but I'm opposite of you where I really don't like not knowing an outcome like I don't like knowing not knowing what's gonna result from something but I'm getting better at it yeah and that hyperactivity that that is (laughs) go pride driven by some anger deep-seated anger certainly for me and um, you can tell me whether that's for you too but then also just deep desires to accomplish something Mm. and that we've always had this ambition that we'll be some body something will achieve a particular goal Mm. and I think all of that is around hypersensitivity hyperactivity and I've learned a lot about that now as a a father of an autistic son actually yeah a lot of my life is driven by that hyperactivity and attention deficit I'm I'm kind of okay on to the next thing and I'm super fast at uh, making decisions and so sometimes that leaves people like Where's he going? This is just like, like <laughs> he was here and now he's here and now he's gone there. And and, and people yeah. have said to me, you know, you, you, you just move so fast. We just can't keep up. Mm. And, and I think that's part of mental, in mental health and mental conditioning is, yeah, I've got deep desires. I'm, I'm a guy who was driven by his ego a lot. 
do battle with my ego every day. I have to let my conscience go battle with my ego so I can, you know, suppress that pride and, you know, don't feed that ego, just drop it. Um, yeah. And know that where did all that come from? Past traumatic experiences and anger towards people very close to me. And I think that's what people need to hear, right? Is that it's likely the, the, the folks you talk to on this podcast, plus the people listening, that's what's going on. Uh, yeah. And there are all kinds of other emotions that, you know, where we are, when we vibrate at a lower frequency, yeah. you know, other things show up for us as well. But, but to describe what you asked me, it's those things. Yeah. Deep desire, pride and ego that I had a clamor in my corporate life, certainly for power and prestige. Mm-hmm. I valued that. Um, and why yeah. did I value that? As a reward for the people I wanted to tell me, they love me and they were proud of me. It, it, and it's a complete conflict, but I did it yeah. for so long. And it's like, why did I do that? When it wasn't yeah. for me, it was for somebody else. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Course, you're you're exactly. buying into how much praise can I get from someone else rather than worrying about what yeah. praise do I care about with myself? So okay. you're you're making me have some aha moments because I get my my mental health gets shaky when I get so frustrated and discouraged that because I do have such deep desires and big lofty goals, I feel like it's I get frustrated and discouraged when I'm off course, when I'm not seeing the results as fast as I would like to, or I feel like the impact I'm making is not as great as I want it to be. I'm not being clear enough on my vision or communicating this the right way with others. So that's when I start to lean into like self-deprecation and being really hard on myself and Mm -hmm. blaming myself, you know, versus let me ask the right questions and let me take a minute to pause and reflect on this. And, and it leads to inactivity. In right. The and then I stall out. Yeah. Yeah. You, you said that wonderful word, discouraged. Uh, I love that because it's the precise point in which you do procrastinate or you do get in your head and you don't, you don't stay in your heart space anymore because you when, when you get to that point of no longer being courageous and brave and bold and just taking action, you're forcing life. Then we get into you know, apathetic responses where we wake up in the morning, we really, do I really care about what I do enough that I'm going to put a lot of effort into this today? Because I did a video yesterday, Mm -hmm. or I did a social post yesterday, and nobody saw it, nobody watched it, nobody reached out to me. So we immediately self-deprecate because Mm -hmm. we are subconsciously seeking that secondary gain of recognition, but not realizing what we need to do is keep the courage going which is then going to move us into the willingness to kind of keep momentum. I think mm. I see courage as a, for me, I have, I have it on my, on my wrist, actually. Uh, Lionheart is the engraving on my wrist. And that's because I want to embrace the, the heart of a lion. I'm a Leo as well. Just, but but it's, it's about if I want uncertainty, I have to be ambitious. What does all that mean? And it is extravagant, extravagant boldness to do something I'm uncomfortable with. That I know, you know, there are things I don't like to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have to be courageous to take them on. So I set my days up so I could get the bold and ambitious and the brave tasks done. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in momentum. Everything else is a breeze. It seems effortless once you've stepped into your courage and stepped into your power. So all of these things I'm talking about is, yeah, you become a force for good mm-hmm. rather yeah. than a force. You're a putting force yourself. For self. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're trying to force life. You know, that's uh yeah, exactly as you described it. I, I kind of, and I'm, and I'm not immune. I, I want people to hear that. Right. Whatever you hear from me today, hear this. Right. I am work in progress. 
It's Life's constant. Life's going to throw up more challenges. I, I don't know how I'll deal with them. I've got a lot of work to do on my entire journey <laughs> to keep removing the filth and knowing that there are parts of my day when I am down myself or I do feel unsatisfied or dissatisfied or a conversation didn't go well. Mm. It's up to me to take control of that before it controls me. Right. I think it's a constant battle and it's a constant dialogue that you have to have with yourself and with your mind. And so it's never, it's to say, you know, all these limitations, these limiting beliefs and all of these old outdated programs within us, they're never going to fully go away. Right. So what you get really good at is learning to sometimes anticipate them and then also just become aware and identify that. And like you said, knowing that, okay, it's up to me. I'm in control to stop this now. If I have a few minutes of discouragement throughout my day, then what can I do to reframe this? What can I do to get back into that momentum that you were talking about? So how do we get into that happy medium of we, we are courageous, but we're also letting life unfold. So it's kind of like we have to take action and be courageous, but we also have to be willing to let life unfold in the natural way it's supposed to for. Yeah. So how do we how do you find that balance? The biggest example of this I can give is when I'm sitting at my desk and I realize I'm dropping into force, knowing I need a break, I'm running low on fuel, I need to eat something, I need to go outside and get some sunshine on my skin. Or I need to move to get some oxygen into my system. So I always think about physiology and making sure I'm moving when I get stuck. Because motion, you know, physical movement is the first thing that's going to change my state. Mm-hmm. So as I do that, but what I what I think is important for people to hear on this is when you're in that moment of self-deprecation, stuck, not really getting what you want, feeling all of those force um, emotions of, you know, I'm ashamed of what I did today, or I didn't get my tasks done today, or I had a long to-do list and I didn't get it done today. We like to beat ourselves up about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The the first thing to do is not only do you need to be courageous, but courage requires you to go back to what is it you want (laughs) and why do you want it? And I don't know why that's so difficult for people. (laughs) I always think about it as a, don't think about it as why do you want it? Think about what's your reason. Yeah. And so I think many years why I didn't leave the corporate environments is because there was a protective blanket there where my reason wasn't big enough to leave. So I stayed. And what what you want is when you've got a reason that you can connect with, then you can step into peak performance without worry, Mm -hmm. without fear, without uncertainty, without doubt, because you know, it doesn't matter what happens. If I do this to the best of my ability and it's my reason, then I I know I can win. So my personal reason now is to feed a million people, build 100 homes, build 10 schools, provide 3,000 years of clean drinking water, all of these things. Why do I want to do those things? Well, because I should think, I don't think a billion people should not be eating every day. I don't like that. Right. And, you know, recently right. there's even more, all more, uh, and, and uh, distasteful things happening in the world as well. Yeah. So it's like, let's get the food and water bit in balance. Sure. All those people need help. Let's, let's help them. But also, I don't think the quality of my education was particularly very good, certainly mm. at a younger age. So how can I change that? How can I start to, imp- like the conversation we're having now, the first time I had it, I was 13 or 14. I don't think that's right. I think there should be conversations about this earlier. And maybe there are in some quarters right now. Um, and everybody will have an opinion on that. But my opinion is there needs to be conversations about how the mind and the brain is working much earlier. Right. From this perspective. Agreed. Uh, otherwise, um, people do lose track of their reason. You know, there's an age old question. You know, what did you want to be when you grew up? 
Do you think we get lost with our reason? Because I know for me, it's, you know, it's just, we're in such a world full of distractions. So it's so easy to, it's so easy for it to become cloudy versus this is what I want to be doing, or this is what I'm doing because of someone else, because I want to do it for someone else or for their um, happiness or, you know, I mean, just different people's responses to what we're doing. So it it becomes so cloudy so quickly that we don't always notice it. So it takes a little time to be like, okay, now I need to reset and say, am I doing this for me truly for me? And also is this in line with the goals that I've set out for myself? Because we can get off track so easily as well in this distracting world that we live in. And that's it. I um I heard Deepak Chopra talk about Happiness is always for a reason and yeah. joy is for no reason. If you if you have a reason and you can inject love and inject more life and be thinking about what does peace look for like for me today? Yeah. How can I have inner peace? Then you always experience joy and you don't need a reason. Mm-hmm. But happiness, for some reason, when you talk to people, you say, ask them the question, what has to happen for you to be happy? And some people have one thing. A lot of people have a long list. Yeah. That long list is driven by a desire and a prestige and an ego-driven mm. outcome. Whereas what, what they really need is more love, more right. peace. And so the reason has to be tied to that. I think that's that's important. But yeah, was, I can't remember what I saw that on. I saw him being interviewed and it was just a wonderful turn of phrase yeah. to say, yeah, we can- Happiness, we say it one more time. Happiness is for a reason. Joy is for no reason. I love that. Are there any certain distinctions versus, I know this is so cliche, but you know, versus being a male and talking about mental health and managing it in your world, do you feel any extra pressure from that? And especially like you said, having a son who's autistic and I know you're married. So what are some things that you maybe have struggled with in those areas that anyone that's listening can adopt these more logical thoughts of, you know, let me take care of my mental health and myself, my well-being and share that love and, you know, empathy that our world needs. Yeah. Um, there the, are these concepts of wounded masculine energy and wounded feminine energy. And mm-hmm. then how do you move into divinity? And mm-hmm. so have divine feminine or divine masculine energy. And I think for a long time, I just operated in wounded masculine energy, power, prestige, ego, prove everybody else right, knock people out of the way with my elbows or my, you know, I, I, this is how sad it got. In one of my roles, they used to do these kind of it's not the equivalent of uh, the U.S. office as a um, the Dundies, you know, the office. Yes. The <laughs> and I got one for the, the man with the biggest arms in the office. Oh, wow. Figure out, is this a physical compliment or is this actually a you bash people out of the way? Yeah. So I was never able to understand that. And, and I remember instances of, of having people in tears in my office and, and not knowing, did I upset you or are you just you've you've you're upset with the situation mm. only later to find out I was culpable in that oh. I was, I was the person with the power of the prestige of the ego, the person digging the knife into a pay, already painful experience. And so people would be emotional and then I'd learn later. It was you. So um, mm. yeah, I think I, so remind me of the question. So I hit it, but I think that's how I was behaving, but yeah, what's the question again? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's great. And I think, I do have a question there as well then, and I'll go back to the other one. But would you say that when you're in that wounded mode, you're letting all of the external people and things dictate your life Yeah, rather than saying, okay, I'm actually, it starts with me. I'm in control. Yeah. The the kind of things that show up, you know, in, in, 
wounded masculine would be being hypercritical of other people, judgmental, complaint. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's always someone else's fault, right? Always somebody else. And uh, yeah, guilty. I've I've had to come to terms with this. You know, I I think I learned some things about myself five or six years ago that I didn't realize that happened about my childhood, Mm -hmm. knowing that now they are the reason for it. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's my defense mechanism of things that were normalized. And so I would um, always be at conflict with myself. You know, and I had the nickname in my family of being a family policeman, constantly yeah. choosing, choosing, choosing conflict or creating conflict. Mm. Because I was always trying to control everything. Yeah, <laughs> and and in, in trying to control, you do you create conflict. That's all yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy yeah. how that always yeah. works out when you think you're Absolutely. you're trying to control, you're trying to, I remember it's, uh, for me, it's always, well, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to point this out. And, you know, I'm trying to just let you understand why this is an issue. And it's like, it's not an issue until I said it was an issue. <laughs> so that's where the conflict well, and lies. I, and I would be, I'd be angry, I'd be aggressive, I'd be yeah. scared of failure. So I want to prove my point. And even if I was wrong, I would continue. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, that's the old version yeah. of James you know and yeah. then you kind of look at the shame of it it's like oh realizing like that stuff that I, I had to take control of so yeah I think um, I think your question was about this actually uh, you brought us back nicely is that <laughs> yeah I've had to be vulnerable I think it is easier I think in the environment I work in a lot more men are vulnerable about their emotions and their feelings and accepting and acknowledging my abuses of myself and other people uh, driven by these traumatic experiences, you know, and I think, you know, that's what I went through last year is just to make sure, can I make all the apologies that I need to, to the right people? Mm-hmm. Um, some people didn't even want to hear them. That That's something for me to deal with too, is that in my heart, I can send them love. And in my meditation, I can be sending them love and good energy, but right now they're not ready. Right. Uh, which, which, is, which is about them. Um, yeah. But, but I, you know, that, that hurt in itself. It's like, how do I, I can't make it right if they won't actually listen. Mm-hmm. They're not prepared to talk to me because of how sinister, maybe, or, you know, I say that I use the word sinister kind of lightly there, that I obviously upset them to a right. extent. Right. But you hurt them and they're not yeah. ready to let go of that, that wall yeah. quite yet. And frequently that is because they find themselves in themselves in wounded feminine or women, wounded masculine energy. Sure. Gone on their own journey yet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can't, you can't do anything about that. You know, there are a few people in my life that I would love to connect with on a different level, but they're not ready. They're still living in that past version of me. And that's their right to, because I haven't fully yet demonstrated or showed them fully who I am today. So I'm, you know, all I can do is just set the intention and set the level of love toward that person and hope that they will be ready to reconnect at some point yeah that's hard that's a that's a tough one they have to step into the divinity of being receptive to a conversation yeah and and willing to willing to engage you know with an apology but also to talk about the dynamics of that um but if they're codependent or they're needy or they're insecure Mm -hmm. they still have that wounded feminine so that's that's the difficulty of of correcting some of my past behaviors yeah or at least having conversations about them is because whoa, it wasn't just me. Everybody had their mental health issue. Some people just aren't aware of this, consciously not aware, or they don't do any work on themselves to understand. You know, I, I love this phrase my friend Laura, she shared with me, 
every external problem is an internal problem. Exactly. It, it's about getting to the responsibility of your life, taking responsibility. And in order to do that, we have to do what you, you said earlier too, is going back and revisiting those traumatic experiences that shaped us, that led us to the behaviors that we went into adulthood with. And the, the things that resulted for our life all have to do with not revisiting and reframing those experiences. It's, it's healing is a responsibility and, um, it's never ending and it's, you know, ebb and flow, ebb and flow. So, yeah. so tell me a little bit more than even up until somewhat recently. I know last year you shared something on Facebook about still dealing with some mental struggles. So do you care to share a little bit about that? Yeah. You kind of prompt something about, you know, thinking about writing a book about, I was, um, had a, had a nervous breakdown in 1999. And Mm -hmm. then again, in 2009, I had a very difficult period of my life punctuated by four incredible events that all happened in an eight month period. Mm. And then to, to be back in 2000 and 19 exiting a job and trying to figure out you know why do I feel as angry and um, disrespected and all these things I felt at that time not knowing it was all me it was all internal Mm -hmm. and then to come through two years of entrepreneurship and to be there next last summer between kind of May time and uh, September not not really understanding why do I feel so emotional about Mm -hmm. my business my clients, my family, my friends, uh, my family, I mean, all, you know, tens and tens of hundreds of them, the people mm-hmm. in my extended family, there's a lot of them. I was very, very emotional about it and not feeling like I was in control at all. Felt like I was out of control and then doing some work to identify what's happening and all of it tied back to traumatic events of the past. Yeah. And then, you know, in each of those areas I described, you know, 99, 2009 and kind of 19 to 21, uh, I'd always, um, had suicidal ideation but last year was the first time it went further than that there was a there was a day I woke up in September this year uh, it was Monday the 27th Tuesday 28th was kind of they were two tough days for me and to, to think about doing something and then to act on those thoughts and you know without the help of uh, a good friend of mine not being able to make it back well not knowing how to get back I, I was a it was a very very interesting point and the phrase was this and so for anyone listening uh i'm not there now by the way and this is not a call for help i've had an incredible journey mm-hmm. since lots of things have happened to me right. uh, and the real the real people have stood up everybody else has distanced themselves because i've triggered them their own issues but i but i I, th- I would describe it like this i i didn't want to go on and i wanted that day for life to end very very dark i now know all imagined thoughts not a lot of reality to that right and you know if I think about what I connect to that it, almost every fear we have I think it's like 99 point something percent of fears that we have never happen yeah. and the fears that do happen 100 of them do not happen the way we feared it we have an if we have an irrational fear of flying and we happen to be involved in a plane accident it won't happen the way we, we imagined it's not right. this dreadful dive into the ocean never to be found again right it doesn't happen that way plane accidents a pilot error most of them happen around airports actually and and so the and then if we th- if we have um a, a dark imagined thought about our parent or a grandparent leaving us and passing on it very rarely happens the way we imagined it mm-hmm. and so there'll be people listening and, and maybe it happened to you as well as so you've you've envisioned 
the demise of a parent or a grandparent, and then it happened, but not the way you feared it, not the way it happened. It's very, 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 very different. There may be some hallmarks. And if we've got warning, like a sinister disease or something that's terminal, we can say, oh, well, I knew it was going to happen. It's like, well, they did have a terminal disease, but for our fears and the way I felt that day, it's not real. Yeah. None of it's real. And, and it was, it was a, a very unpleasant moment. I, I sobbed uncontrollably pretty much for two weeks solid after that. Yeah. I was well until the middle of October before I felt re- I felt like re-engaging with the world. Um, it was sure. a difficult time, really difficult yeah. time. Yeah, your nervous system had been holding on to all that pain all the way since 1999 and maybe even before that. Yeah, and before, then you, yeah. and here it is 20, you know, some years later and finally you released it. And I wonder what was that, if you don't mind trying to finish that sentence of, I just didn't want to go on because... Yeah, didn't I didn't feel in that moment that anybody loved me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That if I wasn't good enough for my immediate family, I didn't want to be here. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's really powerful. And to know that you took as much time that was needed to finally yeah. give yourself the love and the respect that you deserve to do that healing work to finally release all of that pain and of course that wasn't even that long ago I'm sure you're still working on it and you're going to continue to work on it but you decided to go ahead and keep going and that's freaking amazing yeah let's touch on something that's still happening because here's here's the biggest issue trust Mm -hmm. and I, I recently engaged in a conversation with somebody who said I don't know what the question was, but the answer she gave, and I think it's important to hear this because I, I hear this in many quarters. I didn't, I, I shouldn't have trust all my ex-boyfriends because they walked all over me or they beat me up or they were narcissistic. And there's a whole list of things that are common in this environment. And uh, so she's telling me this story. And then I said, okay, what would happen if you did trust the next boyfriend? And her response was well I would get hurt again and that's that's the problem is if we're not willing to lower the wall to truly trust somebody a hundred percent we will attract people who are ill at ease and do not trust us either because that's our energy for me I think the development piece here uh, has been a lot about and I don't even know if I'm there yet I'm still questioning you know I, I certainly have an incredible amount of trust in my my marriage, which is, which has been there. But I, I find myself having, you know, internal dialogue with myself. Do I trust this person? And here's yeah. the challenge. Yeah. And so Amanda, we, we, the first time we're meeting face to face, we've engaged before, but, but not face to face. I have to operate from a position of 100% trust. Right. So that you are hundred percent trusting of, of me and the relationship can build from there because that's actually the foundation. You know, we can deepen our relationship through conversation over time. But if I don't, if I don't speak my truth and be trustworthy from the outset and just trust you with a completely open heart, you know, I love that phrase. A broken heart is an open heart. So stay open and, and let people come in because yeah. if you don't, you'll, you'll lock the good out. That's the journey I'm on now is. I've done a lot of work thinking about, you know, I want to be supportive. I want to be intuitive and embrace some of my div- divine feminine energy. So that not to, I'm completely, um, you know, in the kind of uh, divine masculine of responsible and protector and those mm-hmm. things kind of divinity. 
but I have to step into that vulnerability and courage of feminine too, so that I can trust. Sure. Because my experience, and I, I don't know if this is yours, the female of the species is infinitely <laughs> more trusting than the male of the species. Right. That's just my experience. And, and that that's what's so powerful about women is their ability to organize, their ability to do uh, multiple different roles, play those roles with, you know, with honor and with dignity. And and the male of the species aren't able to do that mm-hmm. without a lot of work or a little bit of understanding. So I think yeah. that's kind of fascinating uh, for me right now is still on the journey. Of trust. No one's perfect. That is so important to not even just in relationships, but just trusting in life and experiences and trusting that every experience isn't going to turn out the way that it used to. If you make that shift within yourself and set those expectations of this is what I am willing to accept into my life going forward, then that's a big trust issue as well for me specifically, just not even with individuals, but just trusting that this time around, I'm going to take a leap of faith and it's going to work out. It's not to say that I always end up in the exact outcome that I desired or I planned on, but I'm, I'm trusting that there is a bigger plan than just my plan. So I think that's so important in knowing that there's infinite outcomes, infinite possibilities and opportunities in this world. And I have to be, like you said, open and receptive to receiving. You've mentioned uh, setting expectation. That's about divine feminine energy, where you're talking about how can I set the boundary here so that there is empathy and compassion between both parties? Because mm-hmm. you may naturally be the empath, may naturally be compassionate. But if you're dealing, and by the way, a divine fem- feminine character attracts like a magnet, wounded, masculine. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I've been there, done that yeah. lots of times. So, <laughs> so your, job, your job is to have have that openness and that trustworthiness because you're actually looking for logical, confident, protective, responsive, secure mm. male energy. Right. So that can step into that space. Because because for most, even for divine masculine energy, they have to learn, especially for me, I, you know, I'm not I'm not a natural empath, as it were. Sure. My first response is not always to say, well, how are you, you know, to, to really lean mm-hmm. in and listen to somebody's pain and suffering and just let them be it's not my natural energy just to be there yeah. in that space yeah, is it is it uncomfortable for you to just be the there past, in that yeah. space i think in the past it has been but yeah there's one thing that's happened in the last year or two it's it's that it's okay not to have to solve everybody else's problem oh, i love that you said that yep yeah. i say that all the time <laughs> All we want is for someone to just hold space for us. You don't always have to come up with an answer for me. You don't have to have a response. And that is uncomfortable to be that person for someone. I know that. But it's it's the biggest gift you can give someone. Yeah, being supportive doesn't require you to be vocal. Yeah, exactly. Just your presence, you know. And actually, this is important, you know, as I think about my journey and what we've just talked about in this flow, what what our family really want or what our friends really want from us isn't money. Mm, no. <laughs> Just want our presence. Are you here with me? Even if you're not speaking, are you here with me? Because mm-hmm. well, you mm-hmm. won't belong. And even now, I think the pandemic has created this environment for a severe need for belonging, for community, and right. for connection. You know, we need yeah. those things. And, and we miss it terribly because we, we don't have those forums 
I think it's all opening and we hopefully pandemic will become an endemic and we will have sure. more freedom of movement and it will be a little bit more easy to engage with each other face to face. But we're, we're really craving that now. Oh, yeah. And so the job we have is to be aware when we go back into those environments, not to take our old self with us. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a choice. It's a choice. Like we have to decide, do we want to just automatically fall back into the way things were and what we were used to before? Or do we actually make something of sustenance out of this past two years and create something new and contribute more to this world and offer ourselves more fully and hold that space more openly for others. It's, a choice. So what advice or any wisdom do you want to share around someone who's in, you know, a similar position as you, they're a parent and they're running, you know, a business, they're trying to manage it all. If they have any dark thoughts or those deprecating thoughts that we were talking about earlier, is there any kind of wisdom that you want to share anything that has helped you specifically? Yeah. Okay. Uh, lots, and we could talk maybe for another hour about it. <laughs> right. Let's think about, you know, what go, what has gone through my head since that time. The, the number one uh, thing that I do come back to is I am supposed to be here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the stats say we have a one in 400 million chance of being alive. And yeah. Given most people can't count to a million without stopping, you don't realize no. how infinite that opportunity was for you. In fact, you think about our cellular structure, there's more cells in our body than there are stars in the galaxy or in yeah. the universe, you know, in multiple galaxies, no doubt. Uh, yeah. But these are the things we should be wondering about. Why is that such, such an amazing thing? Well, it shows us that you should only focus on what you can control because you couldn't control anything in your creation. But now you are created. Just focus on what you can control and not worry about what you can't. You, if you can influence, then then sure, step into that. I think that's an opportunity. But you have a personal responsibility to operate with a no excuses mantra, take take charge and be the leader of the thing that people need you to lead. You know, it's like, who's that? Uh, oh, Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek says, be the leader you did not have. So step into that person of who did you want as, in, as no. when you were younger and step into yeah. that role because you, you know – You've lived with that in the back of your mind your entire life. I could do that. I could do this. I'm better than that. I could I could lead better than this. Good. Then we need it. you. We need you yeah. right now in this decade, more than ever, with everything that's gone on in the last couple of years, well, everything that's happening right now, we need you to lead in the way you are, the best yeah. way you can be, the best you can be. And I, and I think that is about you seeing possibilities and opportunities for yourself. Sure. And and understanding your capabilities. And even if you don't know what you want to be doing right this minute, even if you don't know exactly where you want to be in five years, 10 years, who cares? Just focus on what you have right now and what is in your heart at this moment, because that's going to lead you, your feelings, your emotions, or your GPS, let them guide you. That's what they're there for. And anything that you start to desire, if you set the intention to make it happen, then you're going to find that those resources, those connections are all going to show themselves to you. And when you were talking about, you know, that reason for being here and understanding how much of a miracle it is that we are here, I think that's so important. I think I, I, 
I wrote something, I think, towards the end of last year around that as well, where, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed and discouraged in any way or anxious about your life, I really think it's because you're not understanding how amazing this world is. You're overwhelmed because you're underwhelmed by our world and underwhelmed by the possibilities and the beauty and all of the things that are available to us. It is a miracle that we're breathing, that we're talking right now. And so finding the beauty and look, you know, if you're, if you're in a dark place right now and you're questioning, you know, why am I here? What is this about? Sincerely do what James just said, and maybe just start Googling these random facts of how likely is it that I was born? How many stars are in this galaxy? How, you know, just any kind of random facts. And it's just like, it shows you how incredibly insane it is that we are just here breathing together. Yeah. I, 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 my son is a, is a fascinating individual. I'm loving being his father. Yeah. You know, one of the things we can do together as father and son is stand out the front of our house. We have a privilege to live somewhere where you can see the night sky very clearly. Mm, Yeah. Uh, And you can see Jupiter with the naked eye clearly. And we, we also have binoculars and and ways of looking at it pretty clearly, but, but to, to understand how far away that thing is. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. it's 550 million right. Something away, right? So it's so far away. And yet we can see it with the naked eye and we'll never have an opportunity to get there. Not in our lifetime. Right. No mechanism for that right now, but you can still see that thing. And I think, I think there are things right in front of us that we filter out all day long, just like that, where we, mm. we aren't seeing possibility. We're not seeing opportunity and probably the biggest reason, and I think this is what led me down the path of where I ended up last summer, is settling for comfort. Yeah. When I knew my biggest driver was uncertainty, but I was still like, hey, the business is doing great. We're mm-hmm. going to go on another vacation. We're just going to go through the school year. We're going to follow the calendar. I'm just going to do another. Everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be easy. And then all of a sudden, things didn't, weren't easy. Things changed. Yeah. You know, the earth moves a little bit and something happened. And all of a sudden business wasn't great and we weren't going on vacation and we weren't sure about the school year and we're having meetings in the school. And that's, that's what life is. That it will continue to throw these events up, these experiences for you, but you must see the possibility, but you also must see the opportunities. And I think that's only possible when you are choosing to be uncomfortable in your own growth. Right. It's an uncomfortable experience and it's learning to be stable in that instability that life brings to us and understanding that you, you may not know the outcome and you may not know exactly what will come of it, but just trusting that again, it's infinite. There are infinite ways that this could work out and everything is always working out for me. I say that to myself all the time. And I I learned that from Abraham Hicks and, you know, it's everything is working out for me. When I do recordings for my hypnotherapy sessions, I include that in every recording, everything, everything, everything is always working out for you and your highest good. There's infinite possibility. You know, it's getting yourself excited about that as well is so important because we can get so, you know, depressive in our thoughts and the monotony of life and saying, oh, here it is just another school day. I'm taking my kids to school or I'm, you know, here it is just having dinner again with, you know, I don't know what it is, but you know, it's just when you let yourself get into that mundaneness of life, then of course you're going to become discouraged or depressed or feel bored with life so finding that excitement whatever excites you you and alerts you back to life comfort brings paranoia and what you're describing is the opposite of pro-noia 
Mm. Things are yeah. things are conspiring for us. Right. And, um, I, I think that's just part of the journey was, you know, I got paranoid about other people's thoughts about me and other people's yeah. behaviors towards me. And rather yeah. than this is pro you're dealing with some healing that has to be done and mm-hmm. you've suppressed it for so long. This is why you've had so many throat infections and challenges with your throat because mm-hmm. you haven't voiced, you haven't spoken your truth and you haven't voiced this and now it's got to come out. Yeah. That's what happened. The body will make sure it comes out one way or another. Yeah. There was a, there was a lot of release of energy in the meditative practices I did, um, you know, physical jerking, thinking I was falling asleep and actually mm. just releasing trapped energy and the amount of physical pain in my back and my shoulders from carrying all this baggage, you know, this yeah. trapped energy that was inside me from me just saying, I'm going to t- wounded masculine. I'm going to tough it out and I'm going to show you and I can just suppress this and everything's going to be okay. I'm p- push on through. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, like you know, post-World War II type mentality that was handed down through generations of you didn't have to go through a world war. No, but but we're all living with trauma now. Yeah. Have you done any kind of somatic healing experiences or anything like that? I, only from the perspective of it being a guided meditation or transcendental mm-hmm. meditation where yeah. I'm moving light around my body or I'm moving pain around my body. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty fascinated to see um, how relatively easy that was to do with some of the ailments sure. that I've had in my past that are now long. No, I used to have this not in the middle of my back it's no longer there it's just mm, gone I love but that prior, prior to prior to the events of September and October it was almost debilitating you know it's, I, I'd go to massage therapists who say oh you've got a really bad problem in the middle of your back and I, I'd say yeah I just I've seen massage therapists about it just always lived with you, that you can have a good go at that today if you like and I, I predict I'll be back in a couple of weeks and you'll say the same thing that it's still tight all of that to me is now very yeah. clear emotional energy that I was holding on to. Oh yeah. And you have that energy to heal yourself in so many ways. And that's a whole nother discussion, but yeah, that's powerful work there to know that your mind is so incredibly powerful. Thank you so much for being so open and sharing so much today. And I'm sure we could talk for hours. So we might have to have you back on again <laughs> sometime in the future. Very honored. It would be great. And I'd, I'd love to come back. Thank you. Very yeah, much. absolutely. So last question then is what is the power that you have found through your healing journey? Yeah, I, I, I think it's about managing my day so that if is there an element, am, am I setting am I creating peace from the beginning I think that's the best Mm. way I had these little processes about getting out of bed before open my eyes observe my first thought this is Joe Dispenza type work Mm -hmm. Um, then think about Dr Wayne Dyer and thank you and appreciation for you know having another opportunity to live on this planet these were things that I was doing before I felt the way I felt Um, but now it's more about where is my moment in the first hour to wake up and have my eyes closed Mm. and just observe what's happening what are these thoughts and what do they mean? And frequently, you know, frequently there'll be some intuition there. So I think the, the biggest learning is, yeah, having, finding time in every day. And I think it has to be daily to sit in sure. your own space. So to do it in a couple of ways, I think the most powerful ways that I'm finding are to meditate in the morning mm-hmm. and to sit in stillness with no noise or anything in the evenings. Um, and I know people who do meditation all throughout the day, two or three times a day and mm-hmm. different months and whatever works for you. Uh, but I do think there has to be a point of of the stillness and you can use um, uh, meditation for that. But 
I, I found it's equally as powerful just to sit in a room. You don't have to have your eyes uh, eyes closed. This can be an eyes open yeah. period of time where you are allowed to have visual stimulus, but you'll notice that your your mind will empty anyway. Right. And having that having that a chance to give yourself the peace, and then I think some of the enlightenment I've had has come from that experience. Yeah. And, uh, not doing that, it, yeah, really is. Um, yeah, really puts me off center. It's it's just like a habit, like anything else. It's just something you have to work up to. And I'm now it's pretty much a daily practice of meditating as well, where now it feels like it's become a part of my job. Like it, it, because, because sincerely I get so much clarity and so much motivation from that, you know, 20 minutes of meditation that I, I then am inspired and I come up with ideas and content and ways to serve in quicker ways than I would without doing that. One of the most common things I hear from people is I don't have time. If, if you don't have time to do this, um, you don't, you don't need uh, a healer or a, yep. a business coach or somebody to help you run a business. You've messed up. Yeah. <laughs> so what you actually need is somebody who can look at your, your, your entire life holistically and identify for you all of the things that are actually dragging you back that you've placed an incredible amount of value on, but because of somebody else's desire for you mm. and not necessarily yours. And I, I see that the biggest thing, people who say they don't have time are working on somebody else's agenda. Right. And so you finding 10 minutes to sit in stillness or 30 minutes, depending. Yeah. Like you say, you work up to it, right? You, tra- mm-hmm. you train yourself to, to do the exercises, uh, but to find 10 minutes to, to listen to some uh, calming music or sit in silence with yourself, but that doesn't require a massive amount of skill. It mm-hmm. does. It does require a massive amount of attention and focus. Yeah. Discipline. People right. People are uncomfortable because, because like the pandemic taught us, we, we, we were given the opportunity with the pandemic was it made us, it forced us into a conversation with ourselves for, for most people for the first time. Yeah. We've yeah. never had a conversation with ourselves. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are scared. Um, lots of relationship breakdown. We're seeing what's happening in the employment market right now, where if rumors are to be believed, 5 million people a month are leaving their jobs and the recruiters are only able to hire back about 15% of those. So we've got mm-hmm. this huge dearth of people who are currently now straining different resources and so that's a bubble that will burst um, and there'll be a, a, another opportunity for, for something to emerge from that. But I, sure. I think that's, that's what happened. You know, we, yeah. we've got to be prepared to have a conversation with ourselves every day. And sometimes it's best continuing. Just there, yeah. Know, just to, just sit, to there. sit there. And it's just like when you're in any situation, if you've ever been to therapy or if you've ever had a coach or, you know, it's anytime you just leave silence someone's going to have to respond, right? So if you give yourself silence, at some point, you're going to have to respond to yourself and come up with those answers that you're looking for. It's really so important just to tune in. And I know we talked about it earlier, but reminding yourself of what you want, not what someone else wants. This is your life to live. This is your opportunity. No one else is going to live your regret for you. So please, please, please take an active role in your life. Participate. Let yourself find that level of joy that comes from doing that. Like you said, happiness, you can make a list for, but joy is a feeling. Joy is an emotion that comes from living openly and authentically and with a purpose. Yeah. There's one thing we didn't talk about and now you prompted it because what you were talking about there about uh, what we owe to ourselves and Mm -hmm. don't deprive yourself from the the one other piece of this, which I, I don't know how much it came up in this, 
But you do need to establish who your alliances and connections will be with. Of everything we said today, I didn't do it alone. I needed a team to take yeah. me through what happened. So Absolutely. don't neglect that too, that you're going to need to have interaction and relationships with people in a network that is got your genuinely got your back. That's got your best interests in mind. Yeah. You, care about, you care have about to them. allow yourself to be supported by others. There's no way we can get through life on our own as much as we try, as much as we want to, because sometimes I know for me, I'm like, it's just easier if I just do this myself. But we do. We all want to be supported and you know, we want people to share that experience with us. No one wants to go about this life on their own. It's about sharing life. That's that's an important part. That's something you said there about it was like deprivation or just you know, thinking about going along on our own. It's it it's good that we have that time, but we, mm-hmm. we must have I, I that's what I think about as alliances. Who are you allies? Yeah. So I, I think that's important too. Um, mm-hmm. But, but your your interactions on a daily basis with people who are going to cheer you on genuinely. Yes. Really important. Yeah. yeah. And just keep searching for them. If you haven't found them yet, just keep searching because they're out there. I think it's, right. you know, when we're in our darker moments, we think, oh, we're so isolated. We're alone. No one understands me. No one would ever understand me. We get all these thoughts coming through, but just keep searching. Let your broken heart, let it be open yeah. and let people pour on in there. Um, don't let your broken heart be a reason not to talk to people. Exactly. Oh, goodness. Thank you so much. I love these conversations. I love connecting with people that are like-minded and doing other amazing works in the world. So again, thank you. Thank you. It's been incredible. And I'm sure we'll talk again here in the future. So I'm going to let you have the rest of your day. Go spend time with your family. (laughs) Okay. And thank you so much for listening. This episode was so powerful. I hope you really got something from it. Make sure to stay in touch with James if he resonated with you. Make sure to follow him on Facebook or Instagram or both at Coach James Hilliard. That's H-I-L-L-I-A-R-D for his last name. I'm going to link everything in the show notes. I hope that you will go out into the rest of this day just living in your truth, living in your authenticity, knowing that there is so much power to be found through healing.